The worst loss of the year, led by five goals at quarter time and then went goalless for the next two quarters to go down to the 17th place Gold Coast Suns on our own home deck. This is True Blood's number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. And today on the show, we'll be discussing our review of last Saturday's, well, not even sure what I'm going to call it, against the Suns. The preview of the next game, which is now, because of last weekend, virtually an elimination final this Friday night against the Bombers at Etihad. And a little bit later in the program, we'll have a little bit of a chat to Rob Crawford, who's a big <laughs> Essendon man and spearheads the Sash, another terrific footy podcast here at Podular Media. And of course, we'll be talking everything else, Sydney Swans as well. My name's Tom Flanagan. I'm joined tonight in the Podular Media studio, as always, by Madison Clark and Ben Andrew. How are we, fellas? That really sucked on Saturday afternoon. Pretty garbage. Yeah. Pack it in, boys. Season done. Oh, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> come on, nah, that's, come on, come none on. of that. That's, none that's, of, that's blasphemous. None of that. None of that. It was uh, very, very, very sobering. Very difficult to watch. Do you know what? I just got a wisdom tooth out, and I was heavily medicated, but it wasn't enough to to quell <laughs> to quell my anger. It was yeah. Um, we joke about it, but it was a really dark day in our club's history. Yeah, it's pretty pretty trash. Yeah, we, garbage. we we didn't look anything like the side that won 11 games this year. We didn't look like the side that gave everything but fell short on skill level against Richmond a fortnight ago. We didn't even look like the side that lost to North and Adelaide and Port earlier in the year. This was much worse than that. This was worse than Carlton last year when yeah. we went zip six. I reckon it's our worst loss in seven years. I reckon that's our worst loss since Melbourne back in round 17, 2011, Jude Bolton's 250th game where Cale Morton and Liam Jarrah and... They sort of black Colin Sylvia ran a muck against us. I hated that game. But I reckon since that day, um, the worst game I've ever seen us play is the one that we saw on the weekend. And both of those games, the Carlton game at the G and the Melbourne game at the G, they were both away. So in, in my opinion, that is the worst game I've ever seen in my life by the Swans at the SCG. As far as it goes, the performance of the side, I agree with you, but I'll always say that yeah. 2014 and 2016 were far yeah. harder losses to swallow than, they are, than an embarrassing home and away loss. And so I think we are fortunate in that sense. We're only talking about the home and away season. Correct. Uh, that being said, Matt, definitely not promising signs and what you want to see from your club when it is such a such a contentious point about who's actually going to make the top four. That's but, such an even but, season. But to hell with top two... Why the bloody hell would we want a home final at this rate? Yeah, that's a fair point. I'd, lo- I'd love top four. I'd love to finish third and take a free swing at the Tigers at the G. Uh, yeah. the Mate, thing- we've got to do a lot to get to that point. We're currently... Getting ahead of myself. We are currently in a position where 13 wins is not necessarily going to guarantee you a final spot. I'm going to say it now. We're currently in a position where if we lose this Friday night, we are gone. We'll not make finals. Done. Big call. No, it's it, look at the draw we've got. Won't it's, make no, it. But won't make. We lose this Friday night. We will not make it. I don't think. I think it's going to be incredibly tough to beat. You have to beat all of the remaining games. You have to win all the remaining games if you lose this Friday. And we play Collingwood, who have been on fire, very consistent all year. Melbourne at home, we've got. Everything to Melbourne at their home, they've got everything to play for, as do we, and they're probably in better nick than we are in the last couple of weeks. 
Um, GWS, who are absolutely flying. They are roaring back up to Premier GWS. And then there's Hawthorne, who never like to lose against us. So, G- have to win all of them. GWS remind me, scarily, of Richmond last year around about this time. They're starting to warm right Hitting into it. their straps. Yep. But- yeah, for sure. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And I know that the pressure's on. And I was saying this to Mads earlier. This is not a. Uh, this has not been our most successful season, and not one that should leave anyone feeling secure about our finals hopes. That being said, the talent that's in our list, and you can open up all kinds of conversations about coaching and stuff like that, but realistically, we have every reason to believe that this football side will come together and will pull through. We have every reason to believe it. We. And, no, no, go on then, go on, go on. We do, we do. But, I mean, the the fact still remains. You you had Melbourne on the weekend in uh, what was a stunning game of football just go down after the siren against Geelong at the Cattery. They, they play that they style they of lost, football in a final and they could win. Absolutely, 100%. They played a really, really good game of football. There has been one game of football that we have lost this year that we've gone, okay, Look, we gave it our all and we just fell short and that was the Richmond game. Even still, we were probably Could have been too, cleaner. We were yeah, too well. far off on that one. But every other loss has been appalling and very, very, very unbloods, quote unquote like. And that's the issue. That is where the the gap between our best and our worst is so massive. Yeah, we're capable of serving up anything at this Correct. point. Correct. And it does not bode well with me looking at the form that your teams like Collingwood and GWS and Melbourne uh, are in. And, and, I mean, safe to say, Richmond is scary. So, yeah, it's going, to take a, it's going to take a huge leap for us. My only point is until we, until we don't make it, personally, I think we've got every right to believe that they, that they will pull it together. It's, it is hard to see. It is, it is a very mate, ominous time ahead, though. Mate, yeah, I've, got, sure. I've got belief, but the worst two performances we've played in a year have been the last two weeks. Yeah. Tommy, can, yeah. I, can yeah. I pose a I'll, question to you? you? Can I pose a question to you, Tommy? What, why does this happen? Why, why do you think that we can go from uh, what is you know, one of probably our season-defining victories against North Melbourne... And then we can have a scintillating first quarter. And then go home. And then just pack it up. Well, Like I, we I, packed it up in 2016, grand final. Well, we, did, we do have a lot of injuries. We did film, field quite a young team on the weekend, when you look at across the 22. And with that younger team, maybe we do need to pull our expectations in a little bit. Maybe we do need to lower our expectations. If we do that... Still, at least we know that we've got a future 10-year backline in, you know, Aaliyah, Lloyd, Melican, Mills, Marsh, O'Riordan, and then running through the middle and forward half. There's passionate kids who want to win games and win flags for the Bloods, Ronk and Haywood and Florent and Heaney and Cunningham and Hewitt and Jones, Papley, McCartan, Robinson. All these guys have played good footy throughout the year, but we just didn't see that fiery passion after quarter time um, from most of them uh, in that contest on the weekend. But it's a lesson to learn for all of them. You can't drop your intensity against anyone in this competition, but I think that may be a major reason why the younger players just can't string together consistent quarters. No doubt. Agreed. I, oh, it, absolutely. And go through the list of players that we've got out. Like, yeah. it's, it's obscene. Can, can, I, can I run through it? McVeigh, Jack, Hanabry, Reid, 
Malikin, Rowan, now out for the season. Ling, Callum Mills, for God's sake, and Sam Naismith. So that's so let's talk. Eight, let's first of all that's talk eight about arguably nine first team players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, exactly. And the st- like your standouts there. Look, we've done a lot, sort of knocking guys like Jack and Hannery, but realistically, if they're in form, they're like certain starters in our side. And the experience factor. About, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Having those kinds of outs, it's it goes against you. But and everyone's I think a lot got of, I think a lot of look at Collingwood. Do you know what I mean? Like injuries are a part of footy. Yeah. You've still got to turn up and yep. play good footy. And the twenty two that took the field in red and white jumpers on the weekend was still a high quality yeah. outfit. Yeah. It's it's not Absolutely. like oh yeah, you know, they're I know probably... I, no, I don't think anyone's yeah. saying that we lost because we fielded a young team. I don't think anyone's trying to cling to that. Well, why did we lose and lose in that fashion? Let's let's dissect that. Let's break it apart. I couldn't believe that after quarter time we could disintegrate as badly as we did, especially when in the pre-match, I was watching the pre-match with Fox Footy, Benny Dixon is standing in between Stewie Jew and John Longmire, interviewing him on the boundary, and Dixon asks about, you know, how do you go about beating the Swans at the SCG, Stewie Jew, and he said his team came to the ground knowing that the Swans play four-quarter footy, hard, tough footy Do for we? the whole game. Yeah, don't know what well, game that, been well that's, that's what he yeah. identified as something that yep. the Swans like to do, and it's something that his team had focused on all week, he said, uh, leading up to the game. And well, that's what they delivered. Bugger me, they did it, Tommy. I mean, I, I said this to Benny in the car on the way over here. Had they kicked straight in the first quarter... It would have been level pegging. Yeah, pretty, yep. pretty well. Pretty well. I mean, we were we were good. We still definitely had the better of that uh, yeah, first quarter, definitely. and there was and that was what was so frustrating. We were up and going, firing on all, all cylinders um, when we had opportunities to yep. capitalise on the scoreboard. Buddy was getting involved. Um, Papley was getting involved. Um, Papley was great in the Haywood, first quarter. Yeah, uh, there were a few. Most of them stepped up in the first quarter. There was um, there was. Uh, element of unluckiness about the Gold Coast going forward. They probably could have put through a few scoring shots as well, but we're probably the dominant team in that first quarter. I'm going to give someone a whack. Isaac Heaney. Because as good as he was in the first quarter, there was literally no defensive pressure from him for the rest of the game. And it was something that the commentators noticed as well. He wasn't alone, No, Isaac. There were many, many passengers. I'll tell you what. So it would have been incredibly difficult for the uh, True Bloods faithful to do their votes this week. We'll get to that in a bit, but um, it would have been tough. There weren't weren't many putting their hand up. I think that uh, singling him out is like like you say, Tommy. I think there are so many blokes out there. That just, so many. They like they went home at quarter time. They went home to to be held scoreless for two uh, goalless for two quarters. Against a club who has been an absolute basket case, operating out of portable offices yeah. with recycled junk list players that couldn't get gigs at other clubs and have gone up to the wasteland, the closest thing in the AFL to state-level footy, that just not nowhere near as professional outfit as we have been. And for them to come to our ground and just embarrass us for three quarters was... It was unacceptable from us. Do you know what I sort of found? So much on the line. So much on the line. And do you know what I saw? The the major difference for me between the first quarter and the second and third and fourth is you looked at how we were operating coming through the midfield and going inside 50. It was precision. There were a lot of 
you know, low kicks. We were hitting people on the chest and we were hitting everyone but Buddy, essentially. You had Hayward, you had Ronk, you had Papley. Those guys were getting the footy and those guys were having shots on goal. And then immediately when Gold Coast kicked a couple in the start of the second quarter. Which we gifted to them. We got Aaron Young going, Rampy and Smith giving terrible skill errors straight to, straight to him. We immediately reverted back to just getting it, bombing it, hoping something will happen. And lo and behold, it didn't. Well, yeah, after that first quarter, which was dominated by us, at quarter time I said to a mate, now all we have to do is come out with a bit of a bang in these first five or ten minutes of this second quarter, keep the foot down, uh, sharpen up a little bit with the clinical ball movement in the back half, and then we can set up an eight, ten goal buffer here early in the second and then just control the game from there on in. I thought that's how it was going to go at the start of that second quarter, but then they all just came out seeming so flustered and um, just not switched on, and amazingly that lasted for the rest of the game. There was never... Um, there was virtually no hint of recovery for the whole remainder of the day. I, I just couldn't believe it. Our heads weren't in it after quarter time, and it's just something that you don't ever see with the Swans, and that's why it's a real worry. I think when you when you when you flip it around, it's that's that's how everyone expected it to go. Is that we sort of come, we'd push through, and then you'd see Gold Coast go home, and they'd just go yep. missing, as you said. Stack on, stack on a couple of goals in the first uh, five ten minutes. Something, bang! Like we're 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 up by nearly ten goals, and then it's over. No, just they were more desperate. They won contested ball. Um, they had the ball more inside fifty. Uh, their ball use was better. Um, their forward entries were more considered. Our forward entries were brainless mm. for a lot of those last three quarters. I'd just completely different team. After beating West Coast in round 13, we're on top of the ladder as we went into the bye, and now we look at, you look at us five weeks later, our chances of making finals are pretty much gone if we lose to Essendon on Friday on line. with on that line. ridiculously difficult draw coming up. Yeah, finals on the line. So, But we're still fourth. Yes, we're still you know, fourth somehow, and if we win this week, we'll stay in fourth. So it's, it's a crazy season. Yeah, with how competitive it is, it, you, you, don't, you don't hold on to the fact that we're in fourth. No. It's just that each time... It just happens to be like that. I mean, look at... See, we... I get the feeling... When we lost it, like when we lost to Geelong, everything went our way in all the other games. It's all, it's all that happened. I, I get the feeling that if things don't go our way for the next sort of, you know, four or five weeks, we'll obviously rue the Gold Coast loss, loss and the Geelong loss. Port will rue the Fremantle loss. You know, there's always these opportunities that you can seal your place in the finals and in a competitive season like this to not tick that one off. I mean, we, we had a whiteboard up last week looking at our next games. There was a big tick next to Gold Coast. It wasn't even in our heads that we were going to potentially lose that. Oh, no, everyone was looking at that as the, uh, as the percentage booster that we needed. Yeah. Certainly wasn't that. You can't you can't come to any contest against any AFL side these days and rock up with the cleanliness, the lack of cleanliness that we did in those back three quarters. Yeah, rubbish. Um, two metre Peter Wright. Here's an interesting one. He had a big influence after quarter time. Uh, the big man making a contest forward of forward of centre, and you couldn't help feel, but Reg Grundy, who played in the twos earlier in the day. Uh, might have made a little bit of a difference there with that matchup. Very interesting, I thought. Um, Sam McClure and the boys on Talking Footy had a bit to say about that. Let's hear that now. Right, that's all. I was expecting Heath Grundy after being a late-out last week. When you played 252 games and you're one of the stalwarts of the footy club down back, 
and John Lomai has built arguably one of the great modern day defences that the game's seen. But why are you saying, what are you suggesting? Oh, no, no, I'm just him out I'm deliberately or? Well, let's have a listen to John Longmire, who was asked after the game why Heath Grundy played for the first time in his career in the NEFL. We just thought uh, with Alir and Rampy talking, you know, they're taking after the, looking after their two tools that, um, you know, would have, would have forced a bit of a change in the, in the matchups. Went okay for us last week. Um, didn't work so well for us today. So you're suggesting, Sam, that because they were playing only the Gold Coast Suns, that they flirted with selection a little bit? No, not really. He said it worked for them last year, last week, but it didn't work for them this week. I just found it fascinating and something to bring up that, you know, it, it looks obviously worse now that he's played the Neville that they've lost to the Gold Coast Suns. They lost on the weekend the unlosable, it would seem, given they were 29 points up at quarter time. And Peter Wright was outstanding as well, so that probably start. would have been a, a match-up that Grundy could have taken. Well, yep. has, has Grundy not been in... Have I missed something? Has he not been in good form? No, no, he was a laid-out last week uh, with soreness. I think it was his, his calf. It yeah. was it was a late, very, very laid-out last week and as we just heard from Horse Longmire felt that the balance of the defence worked pretty well last week against North Melbourne and they, they didn't need him this week didn't oh, need him didn't need he him he tried to bloody backtrack out of that Spare one pretty quick me. Me. I'm a... sorry to the True Bloods faithful that you had to listen to that, uh, that <laughs> gentleman for a little while can you get real it is absolutely reasonable when you're coming up against Gold Coast to just leave Heath Grundy out of the side. It is we absolutely it. reasonable to put someone in cotton wool when you're coming up against one of the biggest jokes of the competition. Yeah, we said it last week. Of course well, that's was in, reasonable. It was in our intended uh, selection last week. You've that got he to be smart play. like that. You've, you've got a very, very difficult few weeks of football coming up and you've got uh, one of our elder statesmen who was... And feeling a little bit sore, and that's why he was a late withdrawal from the North Melbourne game. That, God, talk about over-analysis. You can't put Jesus, it on the non-selection of yeah. Grundy that we lost that Good game. Lord, no, not at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's tried, to, he's tried to make something out of nothing there. Yeah. See you later, Sam. Yeah. Uh, let's move to the votes, and there, as I said before, it would have been tough doing the votes from the uh, True Bloods faithful. Yeah, if we could just whip through these, that'd True Bloods be Player of the Year. So, uh, one vote, Cunningham, 24 disposals, 7 contested at 83% efficiency, 20 effective disposals, game high, uh, 5 marks, 5 tackles, 5 clearances, Not 6 bad. on inside 50s, and 5 score involvements, and a goal assist. Has been unfairly whacked by a lot of Sydney Swan supporters recently. Yep. Uh, a lot of, lot of comments about him uh, being moved on and all those sorts no, of things. I like he, him. Does he, his job. He, well, he... Is in career best form. Hundred percent. That's that's yep. a it's a worthy a worthy he's one had, a worthy one vote. He's had a two, career best season. Yep. Two Provide. votes to uh, to Lukey Parker, who had a pretty bloody good game. Twenty nine and fourteen contested, four hundred twenty four meters gained, seven clearances, seven tackles, six score involvements, and my favourite, couple of goals, scoreboard pressure, which unfortunately. Well, it's just misplaced in yep. terms of timing. Correct. Um, Tom Papley got the three votes, who was scintillating in the first quarter. Was on track. 12 disposals, 10 of which were contested with three goals. Three sausage rolls. That's what you want from a small forward, Tommy. Uh, four votes. You just wanted across uh, across four quarters. Yeah, correct. Four votes for JPK El Capitan, leading Skipper. as he always does. Skipper. Skipper. 33 disposals. 
Ten clearances. Sixteen contested. Uh, ten, <laughs> ten clearances, five marks, eight tackles, <laughs> five rebounds, fifties, five inside fifties, eight score involvement. <laughs> Tommy, get us through this. <laughs> and the five votes. Well, this man is in sensational form. He's five got, He's gone five, four, five in the last three weeks, and he's roaring up the leaderboard. Alia, Alia. 24 disposals, 14 contested at 83% efficiency, if you don't mind. 20 effective disposals, equal with Harry Cunningham, game high there. Uh, three score involvements, five rebound 50s, three one percenters, two tackles, seven marks, two contested, and 17 intercepts. If you don't mind. Huge! Didn't 17. Didn't even rehearse that, True Bloods. Do you reckon they're, <laughs> even rehearse that? Do you reckon they're two first names or two last names? You should ask him. <laughs> Let's get him on the show. Let's get him on the show. Maybe he'll actually come in the studio, unlike uh, Rob Crawford. <laughs> uh, stiff to miss, Mads? Stiff to miss. <laughs> Who do you think? Tommy? Anyone? Uh, Anyone? Ramps and Lloyd are all right. Maybe. That's about it. Yep. A lot of passengers. Yep. A lot of passengers. Not a great day. Not a great Saturday. Surf but we can fix at, it. Uh, at, we Bond- can... at Bondi. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> must have been a good swell coming through at Bondi. <laughs> yeah, right. once, once in a lifetime, apparently. <laughs> uh, so we turn our attention to the leaderboard, the True Bloods player of the year for 2018, and it's Isaac Heaney with now just a four-vote lead, 37 votes. He is better giving... fix up that defensive pressure if he wants to stay there, Tommy. Well, yeah, he didn't get any... JPK is coming flying home he with a wet sails. closing in JPK, the skipper, 33 <laughs> votes, skipper. four votes behind Kennedy. Franklin, five bo- votes behind Kennedy uh, with 28 in skipper. third place. Parker, one behind him. Uh, in fourth place on 27, Sinclair 23, Aaliyah 16, Lloyd 16, McVeigh 12, Ronk, Grundy Rampy 10, Hewitt Hayward Florent 8, Papley 3 registers his first votes for the year on the weekend, Jones 2, Mills 2, Cunningham his first votes for the weekend, he gets 1, and Smith 1 to round it out. Smith. Smith 1. Smitty. All right, that'll do us for our first segment. We're going to go to a break and we'll be back with more True Bloods after this. You're listening to True Blood, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Mads? Ben, are you ready for these resumes? Hoy. Do you know what? I hadn't even thought about this until right Tommy's now. Got, Tommy's got a bit of a tongue twister coming up, but you know uh, I'll back him in for this. It's a lot of pressure, but I, I'm definitely going to back him. It's it time. <laughs> Grand final time. It's all over. Greatest swan of the past 25 years. Knockout competition what on Facebook. What a journey. Yeah, it's what been a great. Journey. It has been a great journey. It started at the start of this 2018 season. It has been gone all the way through all the knockout rounds, the round of 16, the round of eight, the round of four, and finally the round of two, which was voted on in the last fortnight. Of course, it was Paul Kelly versus Adam Goods in the final. The two greatest ones of the past 25 years going head to head. Here it comes, and it was. Paul Kelly, 234 games, 200 goals. Swans captain, 1993 to 2002. Four-time Bob Skilt medalist, 92, 93, 96, 97. Brownlow medalist in 1995. Vice-captain of the Sydney Swans team of the century. And he's a member of the Australian Football Hall of Fame. Defeated 
by Adam Goods. 372 oh. games, 464 goals. AFL Rising Star 1999. Three-time Swans leading goal kicker 2009, 2010, 2011. Three-time Bob Skilton medalist 2003, 2006, 2011. Indigenous Team of the Century member. Four-time All-Australian. Two-time Brownlow medalist 2003, 2006. Two-time Premiership player 2005 and 2012. The 2012 Premiership captain and now the winner of the True Bloods Greatest Swan of the past 25 years knockout competition the great man Goodsy an incredible athlete unbelievably skilled versatile played in every position on the ground could do everything out on the field Adam Goods absolute legend and the fact we did say at the start of the year that we're going to touch on this in some point what more an apt moment than right now to say it the fact that the whole AFL apart from the Swans family abandoned him and allowed him to be booed out of the game is one of the greatest disgraces in Australian Absolute sport. Absolute travesty. He is a champion, the greatest swan of the past 25 years, Adam Goods. Well done. Fantastic. No no more deserving winner. Well, realistically, we all said it it's good back to. in 18. It's it, good. It, it has to be. It has to be it's good. Goodsy. He's the greatest. He is the most decorated. And there will be a video tribute up on the True Bloods Facebook page to the great man Goodsy in the coming days. So that was it. The greatest one of the past oh, so hang, so hang, hang, hang on a Whilst that's absolutely fantastic that we are going to get a video, you're telling me that you've got time to throw together an Adam Goods montage, but you don't have time to hear out <laughs> the True Blood faithful and how much they despise... Of the sting of music. May have thrown together the goods montage a long time ago, but... Oh, it was preemptive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Knew he was going to win it years out, so... <laughs> now, are, how, many, how many weeks out from the end of the season are we? Uh, well, we've got, what is it, five games of home and away left, plus finals. And we still haven't fixed the sting yet. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. look, yeah. It's, it's starting to feel like a 2019 thing, isn't it? Well, no, look, we should get it in before the end of the year, but we'll just wait and see. Let's yeah, that True Blood faithful? Lucky you. Should have it by the end of the year. <laughs> How fortunate. Watch this God, face. God, we look after you. Uh, also on True Bloods every week in our second segment, we like to do a little bit of social interaction and pose a social question uh, on the Facebook page for the True Bloods faithful to respond to. And the social question this week was, was that our worst loss ever at the SCG, and there were a few responses from the True Bloods faithful. A very consistent contributor to to the True Bloods, Damien Arnold. Probably not the worst, but it doesn't matter. It was terrible. Bigger question is, why are we so inconsistent? My money is on that we'll have a good win this weekend, and then we'll act like the GC game didn't happen till it happens again. It's happened all year, let alone in recent history. Two GFs spring to mind. Good Ten, comment. Tend to agree with that. Great comment. On point as Not always. Too much to argue demo. with. On your demo, James Spanos. Jay Spanos. James Spanos. Young Jay Spanos. Considering the Dew and Melcheski are coaching for Suns, I would have thought that our coaches would have had a plan B or C. For this game, but it shows we don't really have a plan B or C. True Devast- stats, James. Devastatingly uh, accurate, Jimbo. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for chiming in. Uh, Josh Maher, who's another great fan Ooh. of the True Bloods page. We are, we're big fans of Josh Maher. Uh, he said, yes, ignore the final margin, uh, but the disparity in talent between both teams makes this 
the worst loss at the SCG in the time I've followed AFL. I have to wholeheartedly agree with that. And I understand what you're saying before, Benny, about the 14 and 16 grand final. But the fact is that team had gone the whole year and got to a grand final. The effort that it took to get themselves into that position and even the effort in those games. I know 14, we got blown out of the water, but we gave it a crack, got bashed up. 16, we gave it a crack the whole way through. We didn't get things right, but we were cracking in. There was no cracking in after quarter time no, on Saturday. Not. And absolutely not. Much uh, better list than that than Gold Coast. Yep. That, my, my comments earlier were also... They, they are... It's, it's about the loss. Yeah. The loss hurts more because of the circumstance. But totally. at yeah. the same time, no one's excusing what happened based on other losses that we've had. Correct. Uh, loved, loved it from Christopher Fudge as well. And I think a lot of uh, Swans faithful can relate to this. Pretty much any game lost to the Hawks. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty much anyone. <laughs> pretty much everyone can relate to that. I think. Yeah, all Swans fans will agree with that one. So that was our social question. Some great responses. A big uh, amount of responses once again on the Tuesday social question. So keep those coming in every week. Definitely. True Bloods faithful. We love it. What's on next, a, Benny? One of the obscure Swan. Oh, here we go, boys. Ooh. And you know what? I flirted. Uh, with the idea of doing something a bit different and changing up the obscure swan in the sense that I tell you guys about a, a player and we just try and make our way there until Tommy kind of figures it out. <laughs> and I thought about just doing something bloody ridiculous and just picking someone from so far back, it's not even funny, and just seeing if Tommy can get him. <laughs> Leave you out of it, Matt. Do you know what, Benny? I'm I haven't all... done that, though. I haven't damn, done that. I haven't done that. So maybe that I would have been all for that, Benny. I put would have been all for that. Next week or the week following, we can give that a twirl. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> all right. I'm with you. In the 2007 National Draft, picked up at number 26. Uh, Tommy, phone's away. Thanks, mate. Just want to make sure you're not doing anything silly over there. Mads, you can keep using yours. <laughs> He debuted in 2009, spending some time in the midfield before an injury brought an early close to his season. Ringing any bells? Not just yet. No, you're kidding. <laughs> you need a cold shower, do you, mate? <laughs> 2010 saw him in and out of the seniors in a half-forward capacity. Struggled to break back into the side and was delisted at the end of 2012 after amassing a career total 16 games and 10 goals. Wait, when was he drafted? 2007? Seven. And he was picked 26. And he was drafted. And he was he played his debut in 2009. Got it. Of course you do. Give, give me a bit. Followed up. What number was he? In... 2013 with the Werribee Tigers oh. alongside former teammate and Swanee's superstar, the chunkster, Jared Moore. Oh, I might be on here. I might be. Yeah, continue. Continue. I'm going to give you his initials because that's all I've got left. <laughs> no, it, the, the trail went cold, did it? <laughs> As it so often does. <laughs> uh, initials are BM. Two first names. Brett Meredith. Got him. Well done. 
Well done, yeah, cop that, Tommy. Yes. Cop that, mate. Cop that. Didn't even get a look in. Oh, I, I didn't had even it. get a look in. I had it. For oh, yeah, once, of course. For oh. once oh. in my life. Hey, hey, he had it, mate. Yeah. He had it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, had it. I don't think so, Tommy. Apparently <laughs> not. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> Tell you what, you're a fraud. <laughs> you're a fraud. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy I'm off the mark. That's good. Yeah, you've got that one. feels good. You've got nah, one before. haven't got one before. No, that's... I think you got like the second or third one. You reckon? Yeah. I reckon I just lost my... Um, obscure swan virginity to be honest Pops, we'll, we'll debate your, uh, your obscure swan cherry we'll debate it over the break uh, this, this is True Bloods you're listening to True Bloods the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast Now, Tommy, I think it's fair to say that at points this season, uh, our club's been a bit of a joke, and we're not really used to that, um, barracking for the Swannies. So we thought we'd bring in an expert and somebody who's very used to supporting a joke of a football club. A garbage football club for the last five years. (laughs) Mr. Rob Crawford, how are you? Madison, I'm very well. What an intro. What an intro. <laughs> My club's being called uh, a joke of a club in five minutes. That's fantastic. But, uh, and, and a garbage football side, don't leave that out. <laughs> I've been waiting uh, I've been waiting 19 rounds for this. Who would have thought it would take 19 rounds for Essendon would play Sydney? But here we are. We're finally uh, on the verge of what seems to be a good Friday night football game. We haven't had many of recent times. We haven't, have we? Um, I'm actually very, very excited. I think it's... Uh, both got a, a bloody lot to play for, mate. To be honest, mm. Rob, why don't you have a quick uh, a quick word to the True Blood faithful about what it is that you do? Yep. What it is that I do? Um, well, I'm the host of uh, the Sash podcast, is the Nessendon podcast. So I sit around and talk about the Dons a couple of times a week, just like you boys talk about uh, the Swannies. So that's where I come from, and also I help run the company that's uh, the studio that you're sitting in right now. So that, that's who I am. But I'm here to talk about the Mighty Bombers. I'm here to talk about a man that we call Paco and how he's going to come and tear your boys apart on Friday night. That's what I'm here to talk about. Well, your Bombers are coming into this in pretty good form. Another win last weekend, which makes... Don't compliment them, Tom. Well, it's five wins in the past six games, though, for, for their mob. And um, what do you think have been the major reasons behind this recent run of form, Rob? Um, oh, the sacking of Mark Neer was a fantastic start. <laughs> <laughs> a master stroke. I think we can all agree. And uh, it has been everything to click from then on. I mean, it's a bit strange because we had some blokes who were out of form who you'd normally say were good. And obviously, Joey Danaher's injury was almost a blessing in disguise. So he gave Sean McKernan a fantastic run and he came in and really proved himself to essentially be an asshole footballer. But suddenly, he's gone down as well. And... Um, if you look at the form ladder from the last nine rounds, we're second to the last nine rounds, um, which is crazy to think. And it's almost like, I mean, obviously we weren't in the situation you guys were in last year, but essentially we're doing what you did last year, where we had a, you had a shocking start and then you just come home like an absolute freight train. And look, if, uh, if we can do you guys on Friday, it's, uh, it's actually real. I still don't think it's going to get done, but, um, suddenly it really does what, become real. What makes can, you, uh, what makes you done. think that, Rob? What, what makes you think that? We're going to beat you. Um, well, I think you're just you're a club 
it bounces back. I mean, if you guys had beaten the Gold Coast pretty easily, I would have sat there and gone, yep, you know, we can get them when they're not ready for us. But if there's one thing I believe the Sydney Swans do is you bounce back from criticism very well. And there's certainly been a lot of criticism uh, in the last 48 hours about your uh, performance against the Suns. And this is one thing you guys do is uh, you come back uh, firing. And uh, your second home, Eddie Had Stadium, um, you always play well at. So, look, I'm certainly not confident, but... The other one as well is uh, a man who probably have, has his best average of goals against the Essendon Football Club, <laughs> Lance Franklin. The Badois. Um, and there's a there's a man with a terrible top knot who plays for Essendon called Kale Hooker, who's now playing defence again and is going to be having some uh, some flashbacks to the last time that he actually had to play. Uh, Seeing Buddy run away from him. Nothing. Down the wing of, uh, of the MCG. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a time that I'll never forget. It's a sight that I'll never forget because I was there that day and uh, instead of say I've seen Lance Franklin kick a shitload of goals on uh, the four bombers. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'll tell you what, boys, there's one X factor that I think can get us over the line and uh, Jake Nile said uh, another classic uh, footy call saying he's the best forward post-Cyril now that we're in the post-Cyril era, boys. <laughs> we are in the uh, post-Cyril era. Uh, and that's a young man by the name of Orazio Fantasia. Orazio. At, uh, at full firing, uh, has the potential uh, to be the best small forward in the game. Um, and I know you guys have got some good small forwards at the moment, but I think he could be an X factor for us. Now, wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Now, Rob, I mean, speaking of small forwards, uh, there will be one man not participating um, this mm. weekend with... Uh, well, his, his hair colour is red. Um, and he does uh, have a short stature, and he does tend to hang around the forward line. And, and take uh, marks on goal squares. Yeah, with... Uh... Josh Green. Yeah, Josh Green's not playing. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Um, but, yeah, I thought, I thought you'd be happy that that man isn't... Uh, Gary Rowan, of course, isn't uh, pulling yeah. all the boots well, this weekend. This, this man? Mm. Probably, uh... Yeah. That, that one. Yeah. Do you remember that one, yeah. Rob? So, yeah. Remember, remember how you had the game one with two minutes to go? Remember Danaher no, took that I courageous do. mark in the defensive 50 and it was all over Red Rover? Oh, I know. I know. I remember when we uh, absolutely choked and uh, I'll remember what you guys did to us in that first uh, first final there. But look, I'll tell you what, vengeance is a dish, a dish best served cold. And if we were to uh, serve it up to you on Friday night and uh, really put your... Uh, Top four and even finals hopes in a bit of jeopardy. Uh, it'd make me uh, a lot happier because uh, although I'm not confident we'll um, make finals, uh, if we can uh, end the runs as another opposition, Hawthorne's another one that I've got in my sights. That'd uh, make me very happy. But I ask you boys, you've obviously come off uh, essentially your worst loss of the year, in my opinion. But what's going to change? Who's who's your X factor? What's going to happen? For, like who's the man who's going to stand up? Well, I think. In particular, last week, where we really struggled was in the middle. Uh, I think Sink has yeah. had his colours lowered for one of the few times this mm-hmm. year by Jared Witts in the ruck, yeah. and I'd be really looking for him to bounce back against Bell Chambers this week. That's going to be massively important in the middle of the ground. Um, I've, I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, Heppel and uh, Zaharakis and Merritt and Goddard, they're all back in pretty good nick. So yeah. Um, yeah. we're going to need Sink getting first used to our mids. 
Yeah, he's uh, Tom, Tommy Bell had probably one of the easiest games in the ruck you can ever have, where you have a third string ruckman on his probably second or third game. I think he had about fifty hitouts against Fremantle. But he's in a uh, he's in red hot form. And you mentioned Zachy Merritt there, but uh, see, old Brendan Goddard, uh, he worries me sometimes. He absolutely worries me because he's certainly <laughs> old father his, time. Uh, yeah, well, it was just uh, there was a couple of moments in that Freo game where he just got. Rushed off the ball quite easily, and the uh, the Brendan got out of all wouldn't have done that. But I mean, it's it's interesting to happen in the week that we were talking about oh whether he should go on, and I was one saying look he provides another leadership role that you know is useful come finals because we got two blokes in our team who's played in the grand final, and the other one's Jake Stringer who I wouldn't call a leader. Uh, <laughs> we, were looking, we were looking. We were looking. What, what would you call him, Rob? <laughs> yeah. uh, Just out of curiosity, I'd call, factor, I'd call him an absolute X factor, and that's. Uh, that's what he brings to the side, and uh, we have been confirmed that old Paco is going to be back and playing. But, uh, yeah, it seems like Brendan might be on his last leg, similar to uh, Jared McVay for you boys. And um, is it Kieran Jack as well who's also out? Uh, yes. Yep. And, yeah, uh, that's actually could, probably yeah. for better. Yeah, Slowing so down. You could yeah. you could throw Daniel Hanabry in that mix too if you, if is, you really uh, like Rob. Yeah. What's 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 the word on my man uh, Lewis Melican? Is he is he any chance of uh, getting a call, or is he done for the year? He's done for the uh, year. Done for the year. Yeah. Re injured his hamstring. Re aggravated. Okay. Now of our of our team, who's the player that you I guess fear the most? Who's the one you think could really? Uh, Do you feel bring this back to Wusher, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Mates, uh, for mine, for Matt, yeah. it's Zach Merritt. Tommy, oh, Merritt, Merritt is. I always like Zach Merritt, but this year uh, Devin Smith's been the one yeah. for me. To, yeah, it has to, to be watch. Devin Smith. Yeah. Um, as recruited uh, the year. Yep, hundred percent. I don't mind. I, I don't mind Zach Merritt. I think he's a bit of an outside accumulator at times, but um, he can be. He, he can be a yeah, robot inside yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. think that um, Devin Smith. It, it, it has to be. Has to be him. He's just yeah, he's, in, he's in some form. He's a freak. He's in that, some you, form. You're right. That is literally the recruit of the year. He's he's uh, he's he's known around our parts as uh, Devin Crichton Smith because I think he's already wrapped <laughs> up his, the, the uh, medal. Crichton medal down at down at Windy Hill. Um, yeah, I don't know about I don't know about you your guys at the moment because it just seems like there's different blokes here or there who's really carried your side. Isaac Henney is the one that I really think's your biggest X factor, and I said it to you blokes. And it's the problem for Essendon supporter. Watching Isaac Heaney at full flight reminds me of watching James Hurd in his prime. Um, and that's as big as a compliment you can get from an Essendon supporter. I'd say so. He, he's got something about him. I really think if uh, if we're going to lose it on Friday, I think Isaac Heaney um, might be involved somehow. That's for sure. What aspect of Heaney reminds you of Hurd the most, Rob? He's just, he's just clean on the ball. And it's just this nimble kind of agility where he's not a big body, he's not hard at it, he's not, you know, crunchy and stuff but it's just like... He's not hard at it? He's not hard at it? He's not hard at it? Do you want to... Are you sure you want to put your name to that? You know know, know what I mean by that. Um, He... It, it, it's like it's, it's like watching a ballerina. He picks up the ball yep. and he turns in directions you don't think are humanly possible. And that's what James Heard used to do: is just that he'd make he'd make the incredibly hard seem so simple. And for a bloke who's you know he's not you know six six and one hundred and twenty kilos, he can just dance through people and he makes it look easy. And that's uh, that's what I think uh, reminds me about old Jimmy Heard. 
So the last time we played you, Rob, it was the elimination final last year, and unfortunately for you, oh. it was a little bit of a flogging. Buddy kicked a bag, Sinclair dobbed three on Hurley, and apart it from apart from Joe Danaher's big mark and goal in that first minute, the Dons were never in that one. How are you going to turn things around and knock us off this time? Uh, look, I really think it all starts with the skipper, because he, uh, he's been one of the guys... He's in good form. Resurgence, ...and he's in, he's in great form, Dyson Apple. Um, apart from the game uh, against Brisbane, where he got concussed halfway through. He's been averaging, you know, high 20s, low 30 touches, half a dozen clearances every game. Like, we've we've been calling out all year for a, someone to lead us through the middle. And at the start of the year, Dyson was, I'll, I'll say, he was, he was terrible. But he's, he's been part of that resurgence. And I, I think it starts with him. If, if Sykes gets the early ball, Devin Smith's getting ball, um, Obviously, Zachy Merritt as well. I'll chuck uh, Kyle Langford in as well. He's been a recent, you know, newfound uh, midfielder this season. I Benny McNeese. That's where we can win it. Yeah, but, uh, McNeese, was, he was good last week, but I, I was feeling he might this spot might be up for a jeopardy now that uh, Tony McKenna's fit. Yeah, yep. Uh, He's been a jet. Half-back has really, really been amazing for us. So I think it's just about how you set up because if there's one thing we've found with Essendon, uh, these last couple of years is that there's a there's a very simple way to play up and Collingwood have done it to a T and it's just you sit a couple of men behind the ball like for them it was Lyndon Dunn played one of the get best I've ever seen him play so if you play a Lear Travis back in or a Lear Lear and you yeah. play these stand in defence um, and just let us take it to you I feel like that's where you could um, undo us because it's been a real issue where it's been whooshes Lack of initiative, I guess, to say to go man that person up and play the extra forward. We've uh, had those issues too, don't worry. And it's, it's failed. So it'll be interesting. I feel like it's the uh, battle of the two of the most stubborn blokes in the AFL coming head-to-head this weekend in Wusher and Old Horse. Yeah, well, old sparring partners from uh, from back in the mid-2000s as well. So plenty of, plenty of Absolutely. history between those two. Uh, just one more before we let you go, Rob. We've had some great contests with, with your side, the Bombers, over the years. Both sides yeah. have had their share of great wins against one another. What are some of the best memories and some of the worst memories, your most loved and most hated moments you can recall from Sydney v Essendon games over the years? Oh, well, we, we'll, we, may as well, we may as well start with the worst. The worst one came sitting next to a man in that room right there, Madison Clark, uh, at the hands of uh, old Gary Rowan. What, this man? Mark! Mark! Mark Rowan! Yeah, that one. <laughs> that are you one, sure? Yeah. That, was, uh, that was one I'll... Uh, I'd like to forget. I did go fair, fairly berserk after that. Yeah, that was a, a special one. I mean, in recent years, there hasn't been too many, um, obviously, good memories against your lot. But I recall a game, I think maybe 2000 or 2001, where Stephen, Stephen Alessio... Alessio uh, used was, to light us up uh, every time. Yeah, mate, I'll never forget it. Yeah. I was there. That was horrible. You guys were on, on top of the ladder all year. No Heard, no what? Lloyd. Oh, and Mickey O'Loughlin, we were on fire for three quarters and then they just grinded. Alessio, four, four goals. Oh. You guys, one of my favourites, and I'm sure no one will remember this. Actually, Tommy probably will. I forget what year it was. I forget what game it was. But Eamon Buchanan was running through the middle of the ground and Mark Johnson bowled him over and then... Mark Johnson called him a weak dog and had a free kick paid against him. And Mark Johnson's face was just priceless. I want to see if I can find the footage, but that's, that's one of the best. Rob, do you, do you remember, do you remember one, uh, where McPhee might have been about a metre out of bounds and, and, uh, sent it up to half forward and McVeigh kicked, 
Yeah, that was Mark McVeigh kicked the winning goal for you guys at the SCG 2008. I do recall that one. I do recall that one. I mean, I was watching that, uh, watching that on TV. That was one famous. But I'll tell you what, there's going to be uh, another famous history, boys, and that's going to be this Friday night when uh, <laughs> Jake Paco Stringer kicks uh, seven goals. Uh, hopefully we'll be seeing, seeing you for a beer at some point. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be having a pre-game at uh, the Sash's official home for Friday at Etihad Games, which is El Coco's on King Street. Sounds good to me. The, uh, the, the Sash Cocktails. So I'm not sure if that, the True Bloods podcast has its own, pod, has its own um, cocktail, but we certainly do. Well, bloody keen to try, to be honest, mate. Maybe we can get some ideas. Thank you very um, much for joining us, Rob. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, boys. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Not really, but... You know, it's an expression. No, you, you want us to beat the Hawks, though. <laughs> Bloody oath. Bloody oath we do. All right, thanks All so much, Rob. Cheers, mate. Good on you, mate. Rob Crawford there, who, as we were speaking about, Spearheads, the Sash podcast. Essendon fans can check that one out. Another great production here, another great footy podcast here at Podular Media. It's fair to say that this uh, podcast that we're doing right now is the brainchild, um, in part, of Rob Crawford's. So... There you go. Yep, yep, Rob. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be here without him. Exactly right. Um, so, yeah, great to chat to Rob, and hopefully we smash his mob on Friday night. That'll be really good. Uh, reserves update. Time to take our look towards the Neahl. Um, <laughs> um, and we had a loss. What the bloody hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Just say Neeful, mate. I've been saying this all year. Just say Neeful. Did we lose? We lost. Was we it lost. because Nick Blakey wasn't playing? I think think that might have had something to do with it. Uh, it was our first loss for a while. The Suns beat us in both the reserves and the seniors. Uh, it was three goals apiece in the first quarter, uh, no goals to either side in the second, and then two apiece in the third term. So that had us one point behind at three-quarter time. Very even game for the first three quarters, but the Suns booted six goals to three in the last quarter to win by 23 points. We couldn't contain Michael Barlow, who had oh. 50 disposals. Um and but but we did have um, uh, one particular shining light that you know you just can't ignore these numbers. Uh, young Jordan Dawson, uh, twenty nine disposals, twenty three tackles for the team, right? For Jordan Dawson on the weekend. Are you saying individually? Individually, twenty three tackles for Jordan That's Dawson. Be some kind of naval record. <laughs> I would say that it's got to be close. No one could have ever done that before. Twenty nine disposals, twenty three tackles, nine marks, four rebound fifties, five inside fifties, and three goals. If you don't mind, to be the leading you goal scorer for us. Um, Couple of snorkers. So now the. Uh, Neeful side, Benny, there you go, uh, has a bye, and then we play it's Brisbane. It's not for me, mate, it's for you. Brisbane at home next week. Oh, that's like the ring of the Neeful. Um, yeah, it doesn't it even sound a, like... It sounds like he's sneezing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a tick. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh... Let's do our tips and get out of here, I reckon. I reckon. All right, so we haven't actually tipped for the game uh, on Friday night. Essendon versus Sydney Swans, 11th versus 4th. Eddie had Stadium. Realistically, realistically. 15 goals. We haven't given our margins for Correct. this game. Because Correct. Because no, none of us are going to tip against Sydney. Yeah, yeah we, we don't do that here. Uh, it will be Sydney by six goals. Six goals. Six points. One point. Yeah. After the last Six two goals. weeks, I'm reckon, going in with no confidence. Do you reckon? Do you reckon it'll be two of the last? Two it'll weeks. be a heartbreaker for the Essendon faithful there. 
Good, good correction there, Benny. Yep. Uh, it could be heartbreak for the Essendon faithful if it is a margin under a goal. Do you know who I'd predicting? love to do it? I'd love Ben Ronk to, to either kick Hit a bag seven. or go berserk in the last quarter. And yeah, last quarter Ronks, we haven't seen that yet. I can't wait until that yeah. happens. I'm sticking with six goals. Well, but I'm really... I think that uh, mainstream media as well are starting to... Tear us give, to shreds. Well, give horse a bit of, a bit of stick. Yeah, well, why would... Mr. Predictable. Um, why wouldn't I? Yeah, 100%. Play like crap but, on the weekend. But yeah. I actually... I mean, we talk about it every week. But Literally, I don't yeah, feel like... I don't feel like mainstream media has really gotten into him that much. Well, they don't talk about him at all, do they? Oh, I'm sorry, you're on there. Um, they don't talk about us <laughs> sorry, at man, all. Sorry, man, are we boring you? <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk about us at Somewhere all. you'd rather be. Yeah, well, you know. In any case, well, when the Swannies yeah. play like they did on the weekend, maybe yeah. you would and rather I'm be hoping, somewhere else. It, basically, I'm hoping that a bit of a public lashing for for the entire side. Rob is right, though. We do bounce back well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm really hoping that we pull the finger out and put Essendon to the sword. Well, we can't afford anything else because yeah. otherwise we're out and we don't make the finals and it's a failed year. Um, it is Richmond versus... It's a lost year. Yeah, well... It's a lost year. Lost year, failed year. You can basically say the same thing when the expectations were to win a premiership at the start of the year. We might have to bring them down now. Correct. Um, Richmond and Collingwood MCG Saturday Arvo. Or Richmond. Real tier of a game. Can't go past the Tigs here. No. Yeah, last time they be played. Close, though. Yeah, last time yeah. they played, it was an absolute yeah. corker for three quarters, and then Richmond just turned on the afterburners. We actually, we actually need Richmond to win. We yeah. don't want Collingwood to win. Yeah, it would be would be great ladder, ladder wise. Yeah, well, Richmond playing all the sides around us is is pretty handy. Correct. Good if they beat all of them. Um, Geelong taking on the Brisbane Lions. The Geelong garbage will win this one. Correct. They yep. will. Did enough last week against Melbourne. They'll do enough again at home to Brisbane Giants. And they, got, they got pretty lucky last week against Melbourne. I did. Max Gorn went off in the last sort of 40 seconds. And I have a feeling that he could have made a bit of a difference. Duncan, Ablett and Hawkins were went berserk. fantastic in that oh, last that's the, Hawkins had like four goals in the last that's quarter. the best game I've seen Hawkins play he played like in Carey. three years. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. He was really good. And, and he knew it too. You could see the look yeah, on his face. Lotto, Lotto. He had his chest, pu- chest puffed out like Dermot Burton. He was thoroughly had enjoying a lot of swagger. And, a lot, of, a lot to him. like. A lot to like. Good on you, Hawk. Um, Giants taking on the Saners. Uh, no one's in a word. Ten goals. Ten a word. Ten goals. That's a good. Yep, I That's agree with that. Words. Yep. <laughs> one word and a number. Unstoppable. Like that is your one word. Yep. Unstoppable. Uh, they are a machine at the moment. Destruction is what's going to happen there. Um, Suns taking on Gowden. Seventeenth. 18th, uh, yeah, well, you can't really tip against the Suns after they beat us last week. I'm tipping the Blues. Ooh. I reckon, uh, I, I, I thought they were really impressive, the Suns. Uh, this is not out of spite, but at the same time, I feel like this is the kind of game that Carlton might just pull something out. No, I Go reckon, up to Metricon and win. I reckon Gold Coast will be so Oh, yeah, Metricon, the fortress. Yeah, well, it's I more, mean, more than fortress than the SCG, to yeah, be honest, absolutely. at the moment. Mate, it's tough going up there when they're on a roll and you hear this... After every goal, mate, it's not nice. Let's be serious for a moment, though. They will be so full of belief that they can do anything. And they will belt Carlton, I'm confident. Yep, no, I agree. 
Okay. Two meter Peter go to go berserk. Go blows. Yeah, don't worry about Tom Lynch. They got two meter yeah. Peter right. Two, two meter Peter. <laughs> uh, Adelaide versus Melbourne. Huge game. Fourth versus seventh Saturday night. Adelaide Oval. Adelaide in upset. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah, I'll give Adelaide by two goals. Can't, can't see Adelaide turning around the 90-point thrashing they copped from Melbourne earlier in the year up in Darwin. I can. I can. They're infinitely... Based on the fact they are better than them. now. They are better than them. Sands collective minds. Yeah, yeah we're post-collective minds now. <laughs> the post-serial era. Yeah, that was gags. That was, gags. That was um, gags. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm going to back the Crows here. Yeah. Melbourne have got no ticker. I reckon they might find it in this game. Nope. They might find it in this game and give themselves a chance. They will get exposed again. You reckon? Yep. All right, we'll see. Uh, North versus the Eagles, 10th versus 2nd down in Tassie. North. North. Don't, they don't lose in Tassie very often. North. And is that the longest trip? Yeah, that's, that's it. The dual flights. Trip. Yeah, yeah, dual yep. flights. Um, and do you know what? North would be spitting chips about their performance against Collingwood. Yeah, well, they find themselves in tenth. As good as they've been this year, they're in tenth. Yeah. They, they should be in the eight. At, it, judging by the, some of the as footage as they've, they've played been. this year, as, as good been. as they've been, they've, they've been tenth. As bad as we've been, we're in fourth. <laughs> what a season! <laughs> what, what a time to be alive! <laughs> Ridiculous! Ridiculous season! No, I'm going to go north too. Yep. Yeah, I'll go north. Ben Danny, Brown, Danny Tassie. Big, Danny ben Tassie. Brown. Big Ben Brown, Big Ben Brown. Western Bulldogs, Port Adelaide. Uh, that one's at Mar- well, we're going to Mars. Uh, Mars Stadium in Ballarat. Fourth. <laughs> Taking on fifth. <laughs> wow. It'll be the Port Adelaide power. Yep. Bro. Yeah, Port by f- six goals. Yeah, Port. I think, be, I think it'd be close now. I think it'd be two or three. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. No, I, really I could not care less about that game. And the last game of the round, which is another big one, huge uh, implications on Hawthorne's position Frio this game Hawthorne. will have. Uh, Frio and Hawthorne over at Optus Stadium, 13th place Frio taking on the 8th placed Hawthorne. Massive game for the Hawks. Do you care enough to give us a tip here, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. No, 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 no. We really have really lost care. him. We yeah, really yeah. have lost I'm, him. I'm done. Once he, once he yawned, he was gone. Hey, if it's too late of a night for you, you know, Tommy and I can go to the pot. Yeah. Frio, 20 uh, points. For me, yeah, same. I reckon Frio, Frio by three, Frio, Frio, Frio. <laughs> Outrageous! Oh, I reckon that's that'll do us. Yeah, <laughs> That'll be that'll be all. Uh, this has been True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast, and that is it for another week. And Khan the Mighty Bloods for this Saturday against Essendon. Hopefully, we get another one of these. Jeez, that's got the run. Yeah, that's <laughs> that like, has pop day flogging tonight. Number, number three, I think. That's Let, good. Let's go for let's uh, go for another one of those this weekend, Swannies. That'd be nice. Uh, check us out on all the social channels: iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks to Madison Clark and Ben Andrew for being here. My pleasure, Ben. Always good to be here, Tommy. My name is Tommy Flanagan. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week on True Bloods. Up the Swannies. This has been a Podular Media Production.